0: And welcome to
1: another episode of Man Code 2.0, breaking the man code to show you what's going on inside men and their many mysterious ways. Ooh, guess what? We're not that mysterious. No. Turns out we're real human beings. I'm Mark Schindler. I'm Kit McCarran, and today we're talking about playing.
0: Playing. Playing. We're really, 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 really. We're not that great, but nevertheless,
1: you suck. Playing is something that involves socialization. It involves um, exploring yourself, the people around you. It involves developing skills for your creativity, um, your body, and your ability to relate to others. It's really crucial for the development of kids and it's really crucial to the happiness of people of all ages. And I think it's something that's important for men. And uh while certain kinds of play are talked about a lot, sports, for example. That's
0: one of the things I not necessarily worry about, but I think about a lot with Grayson because mm. I'm you know, he's at that age, or he's playing a lot more, yeah. and I'm, you know, I'm playing with him, and you right. know, Jen's playing with him, and you know, just him, he plays by himself, yep. and it's just making sure that he is getting the right amount of play, the right, right kind of play. Mm-hmm. Um, is he, you know, developing the right way to know how to play properly, and isn't biting people, you know, that kind of thing? <laughs> um, it's a learning process for both him and me.
1: It is. It absolutely is. Uh, so I want to ask you about about the way you play with Grayson. Uh, so he's one year old. He's a pretty strong little guy. So when you're playing with him, there must be levels of play. Does he play rough? Do, are there times when he's his play is, I don't know, I don't want to say lackluster, but like... Of
0: course, like you said, there are different ways that he is playing. Sure. Sometimes it's where there's a lot of energy and... He's you kind of running around laughing, and I yeah. kind of chase him and yeah. tackle him down gently and tickle him till he's <laughs> laughing so hard. Or um, he really likes balls, so we'll take balls and I'll throw it at his, like his belly, and it bounces off, and he thinks that's the most hilarious thing ever, <laughs> and he laughs Love and then that. runs in a little circle and then almost like waits for hey, throw it at me again, kind <laughs> of deal. Or sometimes we play, and it's more of um, more in a way where he has a toy and he's really. Studying it a mm, lot, right. he's looking at all the details, pointing at all the details, put you know, flipping it over over and over and over again, and just yeah. looking at it that way, and 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 he'll be sitting
1: in my lap, and we'll do that together. So there's that kind of play as well. That's cool. I love hearing that. You know, you guys are participating together. When he gets excited, you're excited with him, and you guys are playing together in an excited way. When he's super chill and just exploring, you're exploring with him. That's super important. I mean, uh. I recently met up with, um, for my internship, I met up with some therapists and we were talking about play therapy. And as part of that, um, I was asking them about, well, my interest in men and and men's needs, particular to play. So men have a lot more rough and tumble play, RTP. Fathers play rough and tumble play with both boys and girls. But it's something that's almost unique to fathers. Mm -hmm. Mothers don't do that so much. And I was asking them, um, so how much is that used in therapy? And they're like, well, it might be. But what's most important is that play between parents and children, it's matching emotional intensity. And so when you guys are on the same page and you're playing together with the same kind of energy, the same kind of focus... That's what's important. You're bonding by kind of being in that same space and then to take that and to be able to self manage because you're teaching Grayson Mm -hmm. how to manage himself when you guys get all excited and then you're able to guide him to like bringing the energy down. You're showing him that that's. It's not something that's out of control. It's something that you can contain and right. do safely. No, yeah, definitely. And and sometimes
0: we're, he'll go and we'll have a high energy play and then we kind of bring it down and then he's, okay, you know, that was fun. I'm going to go by myself here and play with these books or these this other toy and, mm. and sit there by myself and I'll come back to you later when I'm ready. So that's Grayson's playing. What do you do to play? Like just for me? For you. Well, This, this podcast is totally like my cup of tea as far as playing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's this guy, Dr. Stuart Brown. He's this big advocate for play. And he calls play um, that it's voluntary, pleasurable, and it's not about the outcome. Like, we don't do this because we're going to get... We're going to be so rich. Rich and famous. (laughs) Lifestyles of the rich and famous. No, no. We do this because it's fun and interesting. And uh, he has another really interesting quote. Play is the purest form of love. I think mm. that's super interesting. That's a great quote. Yeah. So you you do this because it's something you love. It's something and it's your way to relate to other people that you love. Right. And it's also in a way for me to be creative,
0: you know, I, yeah. you know after the fact, like getting to you know, I don't like to edit these podcasts too much because I want to keep it raw and right. real. Right. Um, but there is some editing involved. And, you know, and I love doing that, which is I'm very fortunate to be able to do that every day for a job. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that I get to get paid to do that on one side, but then to be able to do what I want to do,
1: yeah. you know, for fun. Right. That's awesome. And and it's obviously not the only thing you do. Playing with Grayson is fun. Yes. And uh, what else? like we both like to do shows in the theater. We're, we do, we do, do like theater. although I've, it's been a while because yeah.
0: <laughs> we've been busy yeah in yeah. everyday life. But yeah. And even um even simple things like relaxing at home with my wife, like mm-hmm. hanging out with Jen, that's that's play. We like having dinners. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Just like you like cooking. That's your form of play. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like the kind of play that you enjoy is different from Jen's? Jen being Mark's wife,
0: <laughs> yes, and I think that's good that we both have our own kinds of play.
1: Yeah, um,
0: w- there are some things that she enjoys doing that I do not, such as scrapbooking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not a fan, but that's <laughs> her thing and, and her way of being creative. She doesn't yeah. want to edit audio, she, and she's awesome at it, right? And yeah. she doesn't want, to, but she doesn't want to edit audio. No, um, but we both like to do theater. So there's that kind of we each have our own thing, and it's combined.
1: Mm. I'm fascinated by the differences between men and women in in play. Partially just because there's such a big interplay between nature and nurture. What I mean by that nature and nurture, if you're not familiar, is kind of this basic question in psychology. Uh, The way you are, is it due to your biology? Are you biologically predisposed to act this certain way? Or is it something that's influenced by nurture, the people around you, your parents, the culture, uh, your friends? So play has both things. Um, Boys and girls are different. Just fundamentally, um, boys are really into movement. If you gave babies gender-neutral things, you know, like not blue and pink, you know, the traditional uh, gender colors, if you just gave them kind of whatever they wanted and allowed them to play with them, the boys would be more interested in things that move and that like... Uh, Show them different forms of movement and activity and girls would be more into colors like butterflies and and things that capture imagery and people. They really like uh, images of people and interacting socially.
0: Well, it's interesting to me because it's not like if there are boys that are interested in the butterflies. Like that's not a bad thing.
1: No, 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 no. no. Is this
0: is this kind of like statistically the, the quote average? Yes. Is what this is? Okay.
1: That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, this is from psych studies that just kind of show this bias in children when they're not being observed or influenced that just on average. And and that's kind of hard to tell because person at any age who's able able to do anything on their own has been influenced by a lot before that point. Grayson sees, he's almost done with it, but he sees a developmental specialist at UVA
0: because he had a rough start when he came into this world. And so um, at his last appointment, we were there seeing the specialist and they have him do certain things and bring out toys and see him interact with these toys to see how his development's going along. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctor asked what he likes to play with. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's really into playing. He likes balls and yeah. like cars and yeah. things that roll or right. whatever. And what she said was, he's such a boy. Yeah. And I was like, I, I wasn't upset about it, but I just thought it was weird because mm. I never really thought about it that way. And then mm. I was thinking, well, girls can like playing with cars and totally. things with wheels too. So, they can. But I, But you saying what you just said... Now makes sense on why the doctor said yeah. what she said.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and you're totally right. Like, there's no, there's no, no defect. There's nothing wrong with any boy who's really interested in colors and people. And you know, all boys and girls, any child, any person is interested in moving things mm-hmm. and colors. But uh, I think there was a study done on on infants and just drawing their attention to different things. There, there are all these studies on children being shown images of different things and they'll show like emotional attachment to their parents. They'll show interest in different things. They can kind of study yeah, like I'm pointing as if <laughs> someone can. So I'm pointing out of my eyes, you know, they can see the movement of eyes. And that's something that's used a lot in psychological studies to judge interest because it's hard to lie about the movement of your eyes. That's right. Kind of a default that you don't really think about. You just experience. And, and you can't it, really control, it just happens. Right, it just happens so fast. And so that's something that's used a lot to judge um, familiarity. Um, it's used a lot to judge uh, things like the way you feel about things, you'll avert your eyes from something you don't like, or you'll draw your eyes towards something you do like. And so they can use that to look at kids. So I would imagine Grayson would fit pretty normally. You know, people are on on a huge spectrum. On average, he would probably be drawn more to moving things like you mentioned. And right. And fairly typical of males well i'm also
0: interested now to know i guess how you were played with at least what you can
1: remember yeah you know i was a troublesome kid i was a real troublemaker and a lot of it was related to the fact that i was sick as a child i had all kinds of allergies i had problems with my ears i had problems with my uh, I don't know, lots of different stuff. I have scars like all over my head. As a child, I would just get myself into trouble over and over again. So I was very physical. I was moving around, and I got in trouble all the time for like hitting other kids. I get, I had to spend time in the kitchen with my mom because I couldn't be around other children. <laughs> Were you biting them too? Probably. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. And. So, you that I mean, that's a good question. You know, what how does that influence who I am today? As I'm growing into an adult, I'm noting uh, how much I feel like there's a gap between me and my coworkers um, in like knowing sports, which mm. is, you know, that's a kind of play for adults getting really into, you know, college sports, the brackets, Final Four, um, fantasy football. And it's such a social thing to be able to play with this, have fun, make bets that aren't really a big deal, but just, you know, a thing, have bragging rights, you know? Right. And I feel like I'm missing out on something. There's this kind of male expectation that, you know, you got to know about sports and, uh, you know, you need to hold down the American standard of, you know, football. You got to know about baseball it's a great American sport and basketball and all this stuff. And... I don't I just don't (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you and it's
0: you know crazy because I never really got into sports as an adult oddly enough though when I was like nine eight nine ten years old I was way into sports really I collected baseball cards I traded baseball cards. I hustled some baseball cards. <laughs> I um, was very into, you know, we lived in the Bay Area in California at the time. I knew all about what was going on with the Oakland A's and the 49ers. Um, I, like, knew the players and, and what wow. was going on. I watched the games, you know. At some point in my life, and I just stopped and wasn't into it anymore and just kind of don't care like how I am right now.
1: Huh. Do you feel like it distances you from, from your coworkers. Sometimes. I don't know. They, I, I don't feel like I've been talked down to or like anybody's given me crap about it at yeah, work. Yeah, me either. Uh, so something else is uh, I mentioned Dr. Brown. Here we come back around to it. So we talked a little bit about what's important about play. We talked a little bit about differences between boys and girls. We, I'm curious what you make of, uh, you had mentioned earlier that you were kind of like Unsettled or or bothered slightly by your your doctor saying mm-hmm. he's such a boy. Mm-hmm. So do how would you feel about if someone else walked up to you like some random person and was like, "Oh, your your boys is he's beautiful. I love to watch him play. I wish. Why is he playing with girls' toys? He should be playing with boys' toys." What what would you think or say?
0: I would say he could play with whatever the hell he wants to play <laughs> play with. I mean. That's what I would say. I don't think it matters. He has a toy that, although we put it away because we you know, cycle through toys and bring it back later, so he feels like he has new toys again because yeah. he doesn't remember, obviously. Um, but he has this toy that uh, my mother-in-law got him and... It's a little bag, and in and it looks like a seashell kind of thing. And inside the bag, there's like a seahorse rattle, and then there's a clam that opens up that has like a mirror, like a compact or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then there's um some other little toy that goes in there, it's like part of the sea thing. But the bag is like a little purse or whatever. And so, and he like loved playing with that thing and put in a, <laughs> put it on his shoulder and he'd walk around with it to be you know really cute or whatever. And for at the very beginning, I was like, mm, I don't know if he should have that. Hmm. But then I was like, what am I saying? Why? It doesn't matter what the fuck he plays with. Right. You know, I played, you know, when I was a little girl, you know, I played with G.I. Joes and Ninja Turtles and yeah. stuff like that. But I also had Barbies, but I, never, <laughs> but I never played with them.
1: Yeah. No, this is so interesting. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, studies have shown that parents and, and adults are very um kind of open to girls playing with whatever but mm-hmm. parents uh, and adults are very rigid on boys need to play with boys toys yeah and i think that's so interesting yeah and it's crazy so i mean so
0: if he wants to play with in, with a purse that's cool i don't care you know as long as he's happy and he's exploring it and he's learning from it and having fun then that's all that matters to me he he can like whatever the heck he wants to like but when i was a kid and i was playing with G.I. Joes and and Ninja Turtles and all that stuff. Yeah, nobody thought anything
1: of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think you could draw a parallel to girls wearing uh, pants and and jackets. Oh and yeah, stuff. And, totally. Um,
0: yeah. So, but who guys cares? aren't you know socially accepted to be able to walk around in dresses or skirts. Right.
1: Right. Unless you know, it's a kilt. Right. Right. Unless it's socially ordained. Then right. Eddie Izzard, hilarious comedian. Right. He's gotten you know shit talked and he's gotten picked on in the street for wearing a dress and that's it's just not accepted uh and so that's that's something that extends into um kids i don't know if you'd heard about it there was some boy who said to his parents he wanted to dress up as a princess and his parents were like great and then he went to school dressed as a princess for halloween or something and the school i think wanted to send him back home and make him change. Cause it wasn't quote appropriate. At right. Time. Right. Right. And so let's say what, how would you react to that? If Grayson grew up to be 12 or mm-hmm. 14 or whatever and went to wear a princess, like I'm, that's such a complex thing because it has to do with, you know, relating to his peers and, and the way that the teachers need to control the classroom and,
0: well, I think what I would do, and, you know, again, this is going to be, what, 11 years from now. I don't know how society's going to be in that particular that's point true. in time. That's I'm true. hoping that it's not going to be a huge deal. But right. if it is and it's how it is like it is right now, I tell him it's that he can totally wear this princess outfit if that's what he wants to wear. However, that there might be some people that that won't agree with him wanting to wear the princess outfit. And if he if that's what he wants to wear, then
1: that's what he wants to wear and and be proud of that. I don't have any better <laughs> advice. <laughs> I was talking with Maria about something pretty personal yesterday, but um, the point of it was that I was saying, okay, I understand that I believe that this thing is the case. I understand, you know, the way you feel about something, but it's it's different to, like, emotionally um, grasp it. Mm-hmm. So just for an arbitrary example, for whatever reason... Uh, let's say I was concerned that my hand uh, can grasp something tightly or not. Mm-hmm. And whatever. So I it, maybe I'm concerned that I can't hold on to something very tightly. Like, uh, you know those flexi-gripped things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. exercise thing. Yeah. I I want to be a major body, like, world strongest man and hold, like, <laughs> the sides together. It's one thing to, like, appreciate someone saying... This doesn't matter I love you It's fine Mm -hmm. It's a different thing to feel like It's okay for me to Not match this Hyper masculine This pinnacle of the social ideal It's another thing to kind of Accept about yourself That you aren't A certain way Some ideal you've set for yourself Versus being told directly This doesn't matter Uh, Your closest partner Doesn't even give a shit Right. So, like, why why are you giving a shit? It's a different thing. And so I would worry in this hypothetical example, like, for Grayson, if he were confronted by his peers or by his teacher, you know, it's one thing to tell him, look, this doesn't matter. You need to you be happy with who you are and what you're doing. And it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing to kind of embrace that and to say, you know, I I'm, I'm comfortable with the way I'm represented next to my peers. I'm comfortable with being judged and knowing that they're being dumb even if it feels bad even if it hurts i i accept that that's a hard thing to do i oh, don't totally.
0: know if i could do that i don't know if i could do it either i mean yeah and and another thing i will also worry about just in general with you know him having being accepted into his, with his peers is you know we're of course going to be very open about Me being trans, you know, we're Mm going to tell him how he came about in this world and what we had to do to get him here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I'm going to always talk about that even now until he grows older so that he is comfortable with it. And it's never a surprise. That's one thing I don't want in his life is for that to ever be a surprise Mm -hmm. and just want him to be able to always know that. Right. And so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, what, 10, 15 years from now that it's not going to be like as huge of a thing as it is today um and it's not it's gonna be like oh that's cool or okay or whatever even though you know i'm just hoping that it it will be like that
1: yeah and in some ways i mean i don't know what else he can do other than kind of hope and be encouraging um and i think that you could relate that kind of adult play Mm -hmm. you know there have you heard of bronies
0: yes yeah
1: so bronies are uh, people who are really interested in My Little Pony and are avid watchers and just, you know, big fans of My Little Pony and Brony in particular are bros into My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. And I think this I mean, this, it's a really interesting phenomenon there. There are guys who are really interested in watching this show, which is, you know, very clearly marketed towards young girls. Right. And I think that comes out of a social deficit of the way we treat men. I decided to watch an episode just out of curiosity because I was like, this is a thing. I need to understand why this is a thing. And the show is, uh, uh, I'm not going to remember it correctly, but something like The Magic of Friendship. The idea is mm-hmm. like teaching you this is what friends do. This is how to relate socially to people. But it's it's done in kind of a witty way. The the, the artist three is is interesting and they're, they're kind of clever. It's the It makes me think of a Pixar movie or something. It's comic book characters, you know, occasionally will make a reference, which only adults will get.
0: Right. It's, it's to help the adults that are watching to at least get by on the episode right. entertainment-wise.
1: Right, right. And so I think because we put so many limits on the way we teach men to love themselves and to relate socially to others, I think that brings about a deficit where people are kind of searching for something to help fill this gap and so My Little Pony may be a really good substitute for that. Maybe that's a good source for kind of understanding yourself and social relationships better and so bringing it back around to play you know there are guys who are really interested in kind of playing around with this idea think it's fun Mm -hmm. Um, and they're being judged really harshly for you know this is a girl's thing or this is a children's thing. I think it was either last year or maybe the year before, the young teen
0: or, or preteen boy that like committed That's suicide right. because he was getting teased so much because he loved my little pony. That's right.
1: I would forgotten about that. Yeah. That only reinforces that this is, you know, gender bias is something which is really enforced on men. And especially as we grow older, there's this bias like you, you need to man up. Like we had talked about before, you need to be a man, and the prescription for that is that you can't do things which signify something feminine or something, you know, not masculine. So there's a lot, there's this huge realm of play which is blocked off from men. You know, we men stick to sports. Men stick to talking about playing, play things which are masculine. Robots. Robots. Battle bots. Yeah, and, and so it's worth considering you know I I was really interested in Star Wars that's pretty accepted masculine thing I guess it's changed a lot but this there used to be this divide of like nerdy um dorky things versus hyper masculine yeah it's become more mainstream to be nerdy and you know comic-con there there's a whole media industry that's really backing it up it used to just be comic books but now it's you know everything that—that's kind of blurred lines. That's not as much of a thing, but still, I—I I wonder how much um, you could draw parallels to like nerdy and you know femininity in in the view of like social uh, judging.
0: Well, I, probably because those that are quote seen as nerdy or geeky tend to be weak quote, weaker, Mm. you know, they don't, they think of the typical nerdy geeky kid as not being very physically strong or being able to stand up for themselves because they're getting picked on a lot. So there's that, they're, quote, weaker, which then equals being feminine.
1: Maybe Uh that's what... Yeah, maybe. I mean, do you feel like, especially through your transition, um, the way people react to you expressing... um, generally considered masculine things and feminine things. Has that changed? Do you feel like people treated you well, that, differently? That's interesting. So years ago
0: when Jen and I did a show together and- um, Theater show. A theater show together. We were in a musical and uh, this was actually the first show I've ever done. You know, I've never been on stage before and I was like in this show, I was really excited. I'd gotten a part. It was Thoroughly Modern Millie. Really. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so, So it was the first show that we got to do together. And there were some people in that was in the cast that knew about me because they were our friends. And so they knew, you know, that I was transitioning and stuff like that. There were some people, however, that I had never met before, that Jen had never met before and didn't know us. Hmm. They just knew us as a married couple. Mm -hmm. And so at one point, I specifically remember uh, someone had said something after the fact, after they found out. Uh, and I had told them that you know that I was trans. Yeah. Um. They were like, Yeah. Well, I was wondering why Jen was married to a gay guy, <laughs> because of you wow. know I I like I guess like more feminine things. Huh. Some of my mannerisms might be a little more feminine. I'm not a macho man. Um. But yeah. So and you know I just find it hilarious that that's what they thought. Like that's
1: so interesting. Because yeah. I I mean I've known you for a little while and I I don't see femininity you like you just but seem you don't like, know me from before
0: right it's true i don't and i mean you've seen like my old wedding photos and stuff yeah, like yeah. that but you didn't know me right i think i acted the same if if anything i'm a i'm more outgoing and more confident because i'm comfortable in who i am right um but as far as my like humor and everything else is the same but i was you know, when i was living as female I wasn't a girly girl but i wasn't like a butch lesbian either i was kind of a like if I were a spice girl, <laughs> I love this I was like sporty spice, okay, but I didn't really like sports, but I was like the sporty one, yeah, yeah,
1: okay, <laughs> that's I got you. How
0: I could i maybe equate to it, Jen might think of something totally different, but that's what i that first came to my head.
1: that's so interesting, <laughs> and i I like that you're you you bring up someone else judging you and. But you, you didn't talk at all about the way you kind of judge yourself on on your interacting with masculine and feminine things.
0: Um, I think at the very beginning, um, I did. I felt like I needed to, I don't know what it would be, but to walk differently, carry myself mm. differently. Mm-hmm. Because I thought, am I walking and carrying myself like more in the feminine. Birdcage. Yeah, right. Am, am I doing that? I mean, I I become hyper self aware of things that I'm doing. Yeah. Um to the point where I think it was just driving me nuts. Huh. And I was just like, what what am I doing? Why am I doing this? I'm not doing I'm not transitioning for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for me. Mm-hmm. So I just need to be me because that's what the end result end goal is. It's no, it's not, quote, to be a man. I've always, in a way, felt like a man, just not in a man's body, I guess, mm. but the end result was to be me, mm-hmm. regardless of whatever that gender or you know whatever where on the gender spectrum I would fall. I just needed to be me, and, and that s- just ended up being on the more masculine male side. Mm. I'm not super masculine,
1: I think you're you're pretty masculine, I mean you've you got yeah I do why because <laughs> not that why well you've it's your personality, you're very outgoing, you're very, like, you're willing to kind of take control and make stuff happen, and you have, you know, beard, you have lower voice, you have, I don't know, You it's just your way of being, very out there, very matter of fact, get it done. I feel
0: like, I don't know, sometimes I am like that, but sometimes I'm not, like, I don't know, I don't feel like I see myself that way at all. <laughs> That's well, so, so interesting. Which is why I find it very surprising. Well, so you you feel. you feel like you disagree with me? Yeah. How so? I don't feel like I am like. Are you thinking that I'm like very take charge? You can be. Yeah. I can oh, Well, I can be depending on what it is.
1: Well, like with you know this project, like I I come where we talked about this. I don't remember you brought it to me. I had a dream. You had a dream.
0: <laughs> that we had a podcast. Yeah.
1: And we just uh, well, yeah. And you're like, well, why
0: no, can't we do that? Yeah. And I was let's like, do it.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I saw that as you kind of being f- very forward and making it happen. You're saying, you know, this is a thing I dreamed about and ma- maybe I suggested or just talked about it. You know, mm-hmm. we can do that. And you're like, great. And then you just fucking made I, it happen.
0: I, I guess it, I will, I'm the type of person that will take charge on things of interest, obviously. Well, then I guess so. Yeah. I, I don't think know, I so. I still see myself as being. No. Very. I mean, okay. On a scale of one to
1: ten, you need you need to give comparison. I am okay. One being maybe a a, like the a comic book or a video game version of damsel in distress, like can't do anything.
0: Yeah. Okay. Number one is like Princess Peach from Super Mario. Great. 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 Yeah. Ten
1: is ten would be Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the t- okay, the Terminator. Okay. Yeah,
1: like gets it all done.
0: On the scale of one to ten, where do you put me on that spectrum? Okay, what's five? What's in the middle? Okay, five would be just straight up Mario. Uh,
1: I like that. Okay. okay, Mar- Sure, Mario's in <laughs> Mario's the Mario's a number five. <laughs> so this is kind of a, a... I would say that you are... I would give you a, a good eight, maybe even nine. Just because, well, hold on. Let me back it up. Okay. I'm literally dumbfounded right now. Okay. Well, let me, I'll explain it. So I see you as being uh, masculine in that way just because, I don't know, I've never had to push you to do anything. I've never had to like nudge you. Hey, remember to do this thing. I mean, I'm sure you feel like Jen has to just say that. Just because you're yeah, because Jen reminds me of a lot of shit I don't do because I don't do shit. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, and that's kind of normal in any relationship. (laughs) I, I wouldn't hold that against you. I see you as like things you're interested in, you'll take care of, and but you can do it self-sufficiently. It's not like you have to ask, and and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. But it's not like you push it off onto other people. You're not shirking. You're not, like, intentionally saying, oh, fuck this. I don't want to... You're not that guy in the group project <laughs> who just disappears, you know? And <laughs> tries to just get that
0: grade for doing nothing.
1: Yeah. Right. He shows up to class, so I'll still give him, like, a three. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> I would give you uh, an eight just because you you do the editing. I, I, I never have to say anything about that. You just do it because... You want to do it, you fucking get it done, and you're excited about it, and you take care of Grayson. No one, I mean, you and Jen negotiate. I'm sure for like time, you have to figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. But you love your son, and you play with him, and you explore things, and you try to make it awesome because that's what you do. And that saw so an eight. I think so. In my opinion.
0: Interesting. I, don't, I would say I would put myself, if Mario was at a five. <laughs> I love that the, I would see myself like five, five and a half, really Maybe, maybe. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't feel like an eight.: Well talk to me about what what that feeling is.: I guess if we're I guess it's because we're putting what Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator. At a ten, yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking, think of it as something physically, and maybe that's what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. thinking about. No, I don't
1: think of it as a physical thing. It's not that you're like picking up heavy boxes and moving shit. It's, it's just taking initiative to do things. Okay, and I think
0: that's my problem because I'm, I, when people say something about being masculine, hmm. I, I don't think of it necessarily as. Somebody's actions. Hmm. Hmm. I think of it as looks and strength. Sure, and maybe that's why I don't feel I'm very masculine because I have scrawny arms <laughs>
1: and I'm five one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I no, I, I see what you mean. It's it's kind of literally fitting the image of you know the socially held up view of masculinity.
0: Yeah, I mean I will get stuff done if I have to get it done. If something needs to get done, like that's how I am at work. Mm-hmm. If something needs to be done and <laughs> this is probably awful, but and somebody's taking too long to do it, then just tell me what I need to do and I'll just get I'll just do it because I don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. I just I need to hurry up. I'm a very hurry up and get it done.
1: Yeah. kind of person. Yeah. And and to me that's that's part of masculinity I think is just I mean, I I know what you mean. You're talking about you know, being, this hulking beast who's the brawny man. Yeah, the yeah, that's a great one, the <laughs> brawny man. So I'm imagining brawny man like sitting here. You're talking to brawny man, and he's just on his phone. Uh huh, uh huh, whatever. And to me, that's not masculine. To me, that's uh, I I guess. You know, we had talked about, you know, be a man, ideally is more like be an adult. So I see you as being a very effective adult. And to me, that's very masculine.
0: So the more adulting points that you acquire.
1: Yeah. You're a dad. You're a fucking dad. (laughs) You're a super adult. I am. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a job. (laughs) You have a job that you hold down. You're a boss at. (laughs) and you even like you're doing this for fun you're getting shit done you're helping people you do theater you do all that and you still go home and take care of Grayson and Jen and to me that's very masculine well you just put like a whole new light for me yes (laughs) so thank you you're so welcome (laughs) because I think that's something which is just completely reasonable for all guys you know it Looking like brawny man to me that brings up kind of images of the bro you know Mm. this this asshole who's really consumed with his looks and that other people see how he looks and is he responsible no is he like owning his shit no to me that's not very masculine that's very douchey (laughs) you know (laughs) it's on the scale of douche and masculine (laughs) right
0: right You're very masculine, I think. You're not douche. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for not calling me a douche. (laughs) You're welcome. I don't think you're a douche either. Aw, thanks, Mark. (laughs) We kind of went off topic in a way, but that's fine.
1: We did, but uh, I think that it's relevant. I think it's relevant because play is a very social thing, and I think the way we see ourselves affects the way that we play with others. And the way that we play with others affects the way they see us. And so there's a lot of judging that goes on, especially in adult play with uh, kind of judging the masculinity or whatever of this other person based on the way they play. And I think you would see that, you see that in school, you you hit like a girl, Hmm. you throw like a girl. So all of these things which are, you know, concepts heavily involved in play are super gender biased and and super judgy I personally think that doesn't go away I think we get better at hiding it and we get better at censoring ourselves but that's not the same thing as really thinking differently or approaching something differently did you see the movie American Beauty yes yeah so there's the neighbor and the super masculine dad turns out that he's gay and he's been like fighting that and kind of trying to beat that down I think that's something that can come from play and from being judged and from, you know, these super gender biases. If you're being told that you don't fit this box, I think that can really hurt your, yourself, your sense of self and the way you love yourself. But play doesn't need to be that way. Indeed, play can be the purest form of love. Thank you, Dr. Stuart Brown. I love that. I want to, um, have a little fun here. Yes. I just thought of something. Good.
0: So, when you were a kid, let's say oh, younger than 16.
1: Okay? okay? Yeah.
0: What were your, some of your like three f- top 3 favorite toys that mm. you played with mm. as a kid?
1: Under 16 top 3 toys. Uh 16, that's 2 years before 18. That's So, well, I'm I'm thinking instruments. It would be instruments. Okay. <laughs>
0: You get to pick three instruments? Well. You didn't have a toy when you were like eight? Or you had an instrument when you were eight? You did have an instrument. You're talking you about
1: favorites here. I know. I didn't okay. have much of an attachment <laughs> to things. Well, I know when I was a kid, I was apparently super into this um, this bear, this stuffed bear, mm-hmm. named, uh, Cowboy Bob. Oh. He has little chaps <laughs> and a cowboy hat. And uh, I left him at a restaurant once, and so they took care of him until he got back. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah, and so I, I did love Cowboy Bob, but things you, that I... what That's not going
0: to be your, one of your picks? I I would pick that for
1: one. Okay, number Cowboy one. Bob Cowboy Bob, Bob, number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, Legos. Oh, fucking Legos. <laughs> I loved Legos. Yeah, I would play with Legos so much. Okay. That's, that's number two. I guess three would be piano, because I played a lot with the piano. I guess as I got older... And started, you know, having to adult Mm -hmm. a little more. (laughs) That's something that I could get away with is I could play around with the piano and people would appreciate it. Okay. Now, out of those three things, so you have Mr.
0: Who? Mr. Cowboy Bob. Cowboy Bob. Yeah. Legos and piano. Yeah. If you had to fit those three into a a gender box,
1: where would Cowboy Bob go? cowboy bob i would put in the masculine box because he was a cowboy Because he was a cowboy <laughs> legos legos that's a tricky one that's a tricky one i would call that would you, would you
0: split and put a piece in each box
1: i don't know i would i would put it in neutral but i'd like tip it slightly towards. you masculine. put two pieces in the masculine and one piece in the
0: feminine box yeah okay that sounds right <laughs> yeah piano
1: piano now that's a really interesting one um You know, from the... I'm going to get this wrong, but like 1700s, 1800s is a very feminine thing. It was a very normal thing for women to learn to play the piano and sing. Um, It was not so much a guy's thing, but very... uh, Performers would be guys. And especially stylized piano would be guys. So you wouldn't find so many... uh, You know, Fats Waller, he was a jazz pianist. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't find so many women playing like that. Right, right, right. So... Uh, proportionally, I played a lot more jazz piano, a lot more stuff like that. So I, I did play classical stuff. That's what everybody starts on. So you learn the classics. Yeah, I don't know. I think as a beginner's thing, I would put it towards the feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a professional thing, as a uh, you know performance fun thing, I would put it tip it towards the masculine. Okay. So you know a little bit of both. I just was curious. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And, and I'd like to bring up that, you know, other things that I enjoy and I play in. I, I play music, musical theater. I cook. I, I like to, I don't know, play with dogs. I need to st- study psychology. All of these things, at least domestically, are dominated by women, which I think is interesting. And it's something that I've thought about throughout my life, like in high school, um, my sister was into sports. She played soccer. She she was on a really good team. So she would have her soccer friends over, and I would cook them scones, and <laughs> which your scones are awesome. <laughs> I appreciate. Yes, such good scones. Kip. Thank you. But <laughs> they would make fun of me, like they did not appreciate that, and and like talking shit, and as they're probably eating the scones, as they were eating mm-hmm. the scones. But you know that was hurtful. I didn't appreciate that. And it's something that I've kind of questioned throughout my life. The things that I'm interested in, you know, it's kind of a gender crisis. Is this something that is okay? Is, is it all right? I don't know. I mean, it's, and then it comes back to like, it's one thing to be told by your friends and your family. Well, this is fine. Who cares? You do what you want. It's another thing to kind of internalize, well, is it actually okay? Is this something I agree with? It's tough and something I've struggled with for a long time. You know, what box do I fit in? And, to be fair, it's something that I value about myself that I don't think in the same box that a lot of the people around me do. So, in summary, play is pretty important. I'd say that, and also it's different between boys and girls, both naturally and because of the way that other people talk to you and Uh, influence you but guess what you don't have to do what other people want you to do fuck that shit fuck that shit (laughs) haters gonna hate so feel free to play because play is the purest form of love
0: i would like to thank a childhood toy that i had it was a talking phoebe herman doll but I would not like to thank my brother's friend who pulled the string on it and and broke it and it never talked again and made me sad.
1: I would like to thank Cowboy Bob for wearing chaps and making me always wonder, what does someone mean when they say assless chaps? Because chaps have no ass to begin with. (laughs) I would
0: like to um, thank my mom because when I was in second or third grade, I had asked for the Barbie ice cream shop toy, but not because I wanted the Barbie, it's because the fucking thing made ice cream and I wanted to make ice cream and I got it for my birthday, nice. but my mom threw away the stuff and the directions to what? make the ice cream, so I never no. got to make the ice cream and it still bothers me to this day no. <laughs>